The Fringe, only on Late Nights on K-Talk. Now, my next guest first joined me on Late Nights back in May to talk about the enormous challenge that he set himself at the start of the year to climb Table Mountain every single day of 2018. Since then, he's racked up 207 climbs and, uh, if my math serves me correctly, has another... 158 to go. Uh, he's even managed to rope me in on one of his hikes, which was, I'm going to say, distressing and delightful in equal measure. Uh, so what exactly motivated Andrew Patterson to embark on this challenge? Is he having any regrets? And are there some days when he'd rather just hit the snooze on the alarm and not put on his hiking boots? Well, here to answer those questions is the man himself. And uh, if listening uh, to our conversation over the airwaves tonight isn't enough for you, you can meet him later tonight at the Book Lounge as he's the guest speaker for the local initiative 1001 Essay Stories. Andrew Patterson, hello. Good evening. Good to have you live. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thank I feel you for privileged. Yeah, it's good to see you again. It's good In to see you. In your territory now this Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly right. Uh-oh, now you're going to get me back. <laughs> she says, rolling up her sleeves. Uh, so, I'm a bit nervous. <laughs> yeah, you, sh- you should be. I'm so, so I, how long ago was it you said when we were coming in that I... It was about f- nearly 50 days ago. Yeah, seven weeks ago. 50 days it ago. 50, it was 49 days ago. That seems long. It was literally on the Thursday seven weeks ago. Was it? On yeah. a Thursday? Yeah, it was on a Thursday. Oh, okay. Mm. Well, as I say, delightful and distressing in equal, me- equal me- measure. Distressing only in that the horror of realizing how unfit I'd become was quite devastating. It you was, didn't do that badly, though. No, but everything's relative, isn't it? And it's all about comparison. Because I've done it before, and I remember whisking yeah. up there. Yeah. And, uh, in fact, after after we came down, I trolled back through some videos that I had from years back, the first time I did it, which I think was probably about 10 years ago. Um, and I, my friend says in the video, um, what's the time? And we look at the time, and we did it in just under two hours. So I was younger then. I wasn't hitting, pushing 38. But it was also colder when we did it. It was when... It was cold. It was cold. It Although was you cool. were No, you were in your UK. Like, yeah, this, was, no. this is summer. Yeah, no. You, Andrew kept saying to me, you sure you don't want to put your jacket on? I'm like, this is a I balmy wearing, summer's day. I was wearing my full-on jacket. Yeah. And I was, con- I was really uh, concerned that you were going to get cold. And you were just like, no. No, I'm made... Not of- even at the top, I don't think you put it on. I think as we were coming down, maybe just because I didn't want to carry it. (laughs) To be fair, you were carrying it. Okay, let's go back to the beginning. Why? We've spoken about this before, but I wanted to have a longer conversation with you and find out a little bit more about you uh, because we know what the challenge is, but it takes uh, a certain type of person, I think, to be able to do this challenge. Mm. Where did this idea come from? Well, I mean, I... uh, I had my future slate wiped clean last year when I was retrenched my last day in my corporate job was on the 30th of June and um, I was I knew I didn't want to get back into corporate I mm. wanted to rather do something that was going to be adding more value I'd already been involved in, in a number of fundraising activities for the Sunflower Fund um, Distance for Difference and a couple of others and so I was in my head was also thinking around you know whatever work I do maybe I could uh, do some time one or two days a week for them and having a love affair with the mountains and wanting to be outside more. I was even thinking about opening up a hiking tourism company and all of those things kind of together just, you know, helped me get this idea driving past the mountain, ironically. Um, 
that this is what I should do for the whole year. And, it, and for me, it was perfect because it's, I, I know how easy it is to give and having done fundraising, I know how difficult it is for people to give. Mm. And, um, what I loved about the year challenge was to make it easy for people. One rand per climb. That's all it is. Mm. And a lot of people always feel like, you know, it's, if I'm not giving like a hundred rand or a thousand rand, it's not making a difference. Whereas 50,000 Cape Townians giving one rand per day is 1.5 million rand a month. Hmm. Yeah. And I, what I love about this as well is, you know, come in and walk in the mountain, come in here, all the stories about the people who have been on, how I got involved with all the three charities. And, um, and then we also invite people to come and see where the money's going, hmm. uh, to when we do the drives for the Sunflower Fund or when we deliver the, the, the books to teach children to read. So it's about including everybody in the whole process from start to finish. Because, I mean, let's be honest, there's a lot of dodgy people out there, a lot of dodgy, um, in inverted commas, charities. Mm. And I think people do really need to be vigilant. I mean, I know there was a story of a young boy who pretended to have a be thrown off the train and um, created a crowdfunding thing, and it turned out that n- none of that happened. Sure. And, you know, he, it was in the news and I know the guy, one of the guys that was actually active in helping him and cause it was a heartfelt story. Like, mm. you know, he was attacked on the train and got thrown off. So, I mean, you really do have to be careful these days, but, um, you know, that's where track records and, and just doing your homework in terms of who you support is important. Take me back to the retrenchment. What were you doing before you did this? I was working in the alcohol industry. So, were you? yeah, yeah. And I was completely different to this. Um, and for the first couple of years, it was really fun. You know, it was glamorous. It was, you know, great uh, company to work with. The people I worked with were amazing. But uh, I I worked in the category management department, and I got exposed to, you know, going into the townships at 10 o'clock on a Tuesday morning throughout the country and seeing, you know, what a lot of our people in this country live like. Mm. And, you know, got me asking questions like, if I was born in these conditions, how easy would it be for me? How strong would I need to be as a human being to, never mind the education, to believe that I could actually get out of this? Mm. Uh, and, you know, I'm not saying that the alcohol industry is a large part of the problem, but I kind of feel that they could be doing a lot more. So I got very disenfranchised with uh, the industry itself. Um so that did me a huge favor, actually, when they retrenched me. Are you saying that retrospectively it did you a huge favor? I mean, at the time, was it a surprise and a shock and a... How it's amazing. When when we were going through the process, the day that they were announcing to our department who was being affected and who wasn't, I had an email from a, uh, what do you call him, a headhunter to, to apply for another job. And I immediately knew that my job was on the line. Which is interesting because my job is very specialized hmm. uh, in category management. Um, so much so that I'd been approached by uh, PepsiCo in the UK to approach, uh, to apply for a job there because it's so specialized they don't even have enough people there. And, um, it was, but it was amazing. I knew that my job was on the line and I just knew that it was not going to work out for me, that I was going to be pushed out. Mm. And true to thing that, uh, they made my role, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, promotion went through the whole interview process was deemed not good enough for the promotion um which is weird because you know when you have your uh, performance reviews twice a year mm. i had always scored highly my customers i'd built up great relationship with them but 
it was interesting because I've been through many difficulties in my life. One of them was a job that I had where the company was liquidated in 2008 when that whole credit issue mm. happened. And that got me into the category management, which I was really good at and loved. So I, I, I had a understanding beforehand that, you know, every negative thing that happens to us is just negative to today. But you might look back in three days, three weeks, three months, three years, 30 years and go, wow, that was actually really a great catalyst for my life going forward. So that was very powerful for me to go through the retrenchment process and have an understanding already that I knew that something good was going to come out of this. It was the scariest decision ever when this happened because I had the opportunity to take another job in another department, um, uh, a couple of grades lower, just for job security. Mm. But uh, for the first time in my life, I decided to make a decision based out of love and not fear. You know, the decision would have been, I want a paycheck, I need to pay rent, I need to eat. It's quite nice to eat. Mm. Um, but I, I knew that something good was going to come out of it. I had no idea what. And it was a very scary thing, I'm not going to lie. But, uh, you know, eight days before I was due to leave, you know, the idea came into my head. And it was the most incredible drive to work that day. I was so excited. Like, I literally felt like my soul was set on fire. Mm. Uh, it aligned with everything that I want. Um Everything that I would like to achieve, I love writing. I can I can write about this experience. Um, so it, it really was phenomenal. And I remember some uh, certain of the uh, senior managers hearing about it after I'd had the idea and coming to me like, I can't believe like you you know you've been retrenched and I'm so sorry and like I'm like, oh, it's not your fault. Mm. And then I would tell them what I had planned, and they looked at me with this. It was so interesting to go from we pity you to. Holy hell, like, mm. wow, you have this amazing idea. Like, wow, I'm kind of a little bit jealous almost. So it was quite ironic actually to go through those eight last days at the company where everybody was looking at you with these you know, pitiful eyes when actually I still chat to some of them and times are even worse there. In fact, uh, well, I suppose I can't use the name, but it was quite funny. <laughs> it was quite funny the one text I got recently when it was, uh, let's just say the word hell was used sure. uh, as part of the name. So, I mean, you know, it's, and that's the reality as well. Like everything that we do in life, we, we have a decision that we can make. If mm. you don't like it, change it. And unfortunately, too many of us, oh, we are scared to death of change. Yeah. And sometimes you need a big kick up the uh, backside, which this was for me. And I'm eternally grateful. I'm not going to lie. I'm still scared to death. Uh, I have no idea where this is going to go. I have some plans and ideas, but the people that I've met, the experiences that I've seen, what I have learned and who I've met uh, on all the amazing work that's been doing in NGOs uh, on the ground in South Africa has left me even more positive than before I was. And I was, I always loved this country. So now that I'm out of a toxic environment and I'm actually doing something which is adding value to society, it's incredible to be exposed to the amount of people that do this every day. You know, I'm mm. doing, I happen to have chosen to do a hike every day, but there are people doing, that have been doing this for 15, 20, 30 years, you know, and we don't hear about that, which is unfortunate. Are you someone that holds on to the idea of faith? Are you a believer in the concept of faith? Because... Uh, there's been times in my life also where, and, and I think I'm, I mean, I'm a very impulsive person and I, I have made impulsive decisions, which at the time I've thought, 
this is all very well because it gets you out of A, but it doesn't necessarily secure you a place in B. Mm. And other people have gone, what are you doing? And while it may have been tough for a while, it actually has will all has always worked out in in the end and i would never have normally i wouldn't have said if you'd asked me 10 years ago are you somebody who has a concept of faith but um certainly not in a religious sense or really even in a spiritual one but the mm. idea of some kind of faith or it'll be okay in the end Did you, is that something you subscribe to definitely and i think i can take it a step further and that you we all need to have faith in ourselves mm. you know because if you if you really look at people especially in this country. like There are so many people living in poverty, and yet they make it every single day. They are coming through it every month. And, you know, if we actually focused on what we have achieved, which is one of the things that I've learned on my hikes, is, you know, it's, it's good to have a goal. It's good to know where you are wanting to be. But how many times do you stop and actually appreciate what you've accomplished, where you've come, and what you've done? I mean, I remember I was uh, I was devastated before... Uh, I even started this year and was like uh, a fraction away from, from a hairbreath away from not even doing it because somebody I really respected told me not to and did it in a way which kind of just und- like cut my knees off. Wow. And I had what to. What was their reasoning for you not doing it? Well, don't ask uh, a wealth coach to advise you on something which sets your soul on fire. So you got to take it from where it comes. You know, if somebody, if their whole thing is about money, then obviously hiking up a mountain every day for him is not going to make any business sense. Mm. But there again, says who? You Have know, you we, changed his mind since? I don't know. I haven't spoken to him since. Oh. I haven't spoken to him since. No, I mean, like, I'm not here to, to change people's minds. We all have our own paths to walk on. But what I loved about that experience, again, is like, because uh, I thought, you know, I had put a lot of faith in him, and I was like, why would why would this happen like a month before I'm supposed to do this? Mm. But I'm glad it did because, you know, as you said in your intro, he's still doing it. A year every day is not an easy thing. So it was a good way to test how much do you really believe that you can do this and that you want to do this. And it was, uh, for me, I'm internally grateful again that that was, that happened before, it ha- uh, before the 1st of January because it gave me the opportunity to really evaluate and get back to the core root of why I was doing it. And it's not just for me. You know, the the amount of people that I know that we are going to be able to positively empower, that they will then have their lives changed going forward and be grateful for the fact. I mean, some kids that I've met that have heard what I'm doing and hearing them walking up the mountain and hearing their conversations around, you know, oh, you know, and they're coming from La Heart Bay, um, what do you call it, the township there. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, and they think they were talking like, you know, what, I also want to do something to help my community when, when I get older. Mm. So it's a seed that you can plant in people's brains that I might not, any of us will never know the true impact of what we can do. But, uh, so it was, it was difficult to go through, but I was very grateful that I had that kind of test before the, uh, before the year because, you know, as much as I tried to train last year, I could never ever replicate waking up every day. And having to say, okay, cool. Well, this is the, this is what I'm doing. I'm going up the mountain. Doesn't matter the weather. Uh, doesn't matter what, if it's dark, if it's rainy, if it's windy, whatever. Um, and off you go. But it's that, you know, you'll hear a lot about why you're doing something. You know, I mean, Brahma Hober ran the, the whole length of, um, what do you call it? The Great Wall of China. Tim Noakes said it's physically impossible. He didn't know 
the cause and the reason why Brahma Hilba was doing it. And that was for the Smile Foundation to give these kids smiles. Mm. And only when you heard that afterwards, he's like, well, that's why he did it. Because your brain is so powerful that when you've got something um, driving you, that doesn't matter what physical pain and ailment you're going through, you will still push yourself through it. That's hectic. Yeah. But true. Yeah. Andrew Patterson is my guest in studio this morning. And uh, if you don't know the name Andrew Patterson, why not? Um, I like to call him the mountain man. And he's looking very much like a mountain man <laughs> today. That's quite the beard that you have fashioned. Yeah, I think uh, when you came at the mountain with me, it was probably the last time I had shaved. Right. Not that I ever shave, actually. I just use clippers to keep it trim. But but when it is like zero degrees on top of the mountain and the wind is blowing, you don't really realize how cold it is. And so having a beard so now... So this isn't laziness. This no, is like, this, this is, is, this is actually... <laughs> this is actually uh, me going, well, the, the more hair over my face, the warmer I, I am. Which hasn't been great in July because we've had warmer than normal weather. Pursuit is the, is the term that I think my mother would use to describe your current look. Pursuit. <laughs> but also, I mean, like I had said from the beginning of January I shaved my hair off mm. because I wanted to go I wanted to have a journey with my hair and you know to not cut it and so literally whatever you see the end of my hair is the first of January um, and it's and I'm not going to cut it for the rest of the year so I mean it looks Delightful. pretty bushy and I've got some pretty cool photos <laughs> with like the wind blowing and <laughs> it's actually really cool to feel the wind blowing through your hair yeah. I've never had that experience. So now I'm. No, oh, it's a good yeah. thing. No, it's yeah. a good thing. By the time <laughs> December 31st comes around, yeah. what, I mean, are you do, going for like a full Forrest Gump style? Well, the, no, the beard's going to come off pretty much on like the 1st of September. Right. Probably spring day. Okay. But yeah. No, the beard is, I mean, this is not fun. It's like itchy and, yeah. I mean, it's a little bit better now it's gotten through that phase, but. But yeah, this is the longest that my hair and beard have been, and at the same time, so it's quite interesting. <laughs> We've dedicated more time to talking about your beard than I thought we might. Um, <laughs> what um, the, the thing that that I want to know really, and and I guess it's a, I don't know, isn't it like just a, advice for life? Is there will be days, presumably, where you wake up and you think, for whatever reason, whether you're feeling under the weather, whether you're tired, whether you just don't want to, whether the weather's shitty, whatever, that you, how do you, because nobody would know. Yeah. How, I, well, I'll know. I mean, you would know. I'll know. No, I mean, like, it's, you know, integrity to me is everything. Mm. Um and it's how I have my friends and with my family, uh, business people. And it's, it's something that this year has taught me a lot about a lot of people because, you know, integrity is you, you do what you say. Yeah. Not, uh, you say what you do. So it's, you know, if you, if you say you're going to join me, like you said you would, you came yeah. up and you joined with me. And that's why, um, you know, it was fantastic for me because there were so many people who interviewed me at the beginning of the year and were like, oh, yeah, this is such a great idea. We want to come up with you. And you heard nothing. Hmm. So, yeah, I mean, look, I'm taking photos every day because I want to do a collage uh, from the bottom of the mountain and the top of the mountain to three, uh, show people what 365 days looks like. So, I mean, if somebody really wanted to analyze, uh, they could do the date stamps and check oh, that. That would but. be intense. The, it's, it, I'm, I'm with you on the do what you say you're going to do thing. And I think, um, that said, when I agreed to go up with you, my, my, it's my birthday <laughs> next week. Do you remember that I said to you, I'll come up on my birthday? 
Um, and I, and I would have done. I would have, I, I wouldn't have said that I was going to do it and so not no, be two. no, no, no. I knew that was coming. No, I'm already. <laughs> I've got plans. Um, I, I, I would have, I would have come because I said I was going to. But you, thank goodness, you were quite. You kept messaging me and saying so. Let's set that date. And I thought this is. I have, I have to do it because I've said I'm going to do it. And if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. But I don't want to do it now. And my whole plan was, <laughs> let me get that like a little bit fitter. Before I do it, and I'm, you know, it was. No, but I mean, there again, you had an out. I, I'm doing this every every day. I don't have an excuse. Yeah. But I am very cognizant of when days are not a hundred percent. People have every right to go. Actually, you know what? I would rather wait for a, a nicer day. Um, if you're really fit and you've got the gear and you want to come up in the rain and you're an experienced hiker, great. But otherwise, also your safety is paramount. Mm. So I also, again, had a lot of respect for when you came up because it wasn't a perfect day. I mean, okay, the wind wasn't blowing too badly, but it was pretty overcast. I mm, thought mm. it was chilly. <laughs> <laughs> but mm. but that's, you know, and, you know, to get back to your thing, like, it's this is not easy. Like, I have woken up and it's dark in winter and you wake up and you hear the wind. And you go, oh, maybe. It's so what's the key, what's the key to that? And, and this, I guess what I'm asking is this can be applied to anything. You know, I'm, I'm writing again and some days I wake up and I think, I don't want to write today. The, the end goal is that the, a book has to come out and it has to happen. And your end goal is, you know, what, the 31st of December mm. for, for the time being. So how, do, what is that mental switch that happens that gets you on that mountain? Well, I think mindset is, very important for this. Mm. Uh, you know, I did quite a bit of training before we, we, uh, well, before I started this. And, you know, what is interesting is I've had a lot of uh, friends who are smokers and have tried to stop and they've read books and they do this. And, and one thing that's always stuck out of my mind was Anthony Robbins said, if you decide you're going to stop smoking, there is no alternative. You stop. So, that was always something, even though I wasn't a smoker, that was kind of in the back of my mind. So for this, I said I was going to do this for 365 days. There's no, there is no other option. So you just have to, you understand the, the difficulties that are coming by. I had, I thought, cause I thought about this. It wasn't like I had the idea and was like, oh, like, you know, dancing down Rainbow Street and, mm. and, uh, and no, unicor- oh, unicorns, Street. unicorns coming out to give me <laughs> ice cream. You know, I <laughs> what actually. What world are you living in? <laughs> the kind of world where you sit down with Mandela and. Well, that was a dream, it. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, so you, if you're going to do something this big, and if you want to write a book, think about how much do you really want this, yeah, and what what do you want to achieve with this? Because you know you don't have to do anything, and you know, like now, as much as the weather's bad. Also, I don't believe in complaining about it because it's my decision. It's the same as whatever you go through in life. If you've made the decision to do something and it's not working out, well, then change it. So I I really thought about it. And honestly, the fact that this is linked to being able to make a difference in so many uh, other people's lives, Mm. and not just the people that we're raising the money for. Like I've had a lot of people walk up that have had some serious mind shifts. Mm. um, That I probably will never know what impact that has had with them. But that's what it's about, planting seeds and the chance to be able to interact with so many positive people. Because, uh, you know, how much are you allowed to swear on this? Yeah, most. Yeah. Dickheads are not getting up on a seven o'clock 
uh, on a Sunday morning to hike up a mountain for other people, mm. to be honest with you. So everybody that comes up with the conversations we get to have. Yeah. The understanding and, um, uh, you know, and learning from other people. Like I can't travel this year, but the amount of international people that have come and hiked with me, mm. I've actually traveled more this year than I probably will in my entire life. Sure. And there was a guy who came from Holland who he's decided to, for the rest of, well, not for the rest of his life, but last year he decided he wanted to spend a month in a country that's completely foreign to him. And he went to Nepal. I mean, of all places. Mm. It's not just the altitude. It's the, it's the food. It's the culture. It's the language. For a full month, that's, that's an intense thing to do. It took him two weeks, he said, to acclimatize to that. But now he has this amazing tattoo on his uh, inside of his left arm, which he had done there, which translated from yeah, which translated from their culture is um, everyone you meet is superior to you in some way. Hmm. Now that's something that he's given me, hmm. which I've which I would never ever have had that experience with him. Um, so it's you know all these little things every day that goes by i I really knew that this was going to be an amazing learning experience as well i mean like it's a it's something that no one's ever done before and i I don't take that for granted at all like every single day you're with me before I start, I show appreciation for the fact that I'm healthy, that I have legs at work um for my brain that's able to actually think about the lessons and and take everything in every day, the conversations with people. No, that's something that's, uh, for me, I'm, I'm extremely grateful for. And, um, I'm looking forward to seeing how I will be able to take that learning and be able to use it going forward to continue this journey. So what is the plan going forward? Because it, as my, you know, and I, I admire you for doing what you're doing, but I do wonder how you're managing to afford to eat. I mean, do I need to make you a food parcel? It will be terrible. <laughs> Two minute noodles are great. Two minute noodles. Two minute noodles are great, yeah. Um, I just, I did actually get a really nice, uh, tax refund oh. from SARS, so that's gonna help. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, look, I mean, uh, all the savings that I had that was gone, again, from having a retrenchment, you, uh, you get paid, they paid me to stay home, mm. so, you know, again, that was also one of the reasons why I didn't have to panic and think about <gasps> money. But, um, you know, I mean, I'm dipping into reserves, but the reality is, um, I'm now starting to think about ways of building this into uh, my future. So, you know, coming up with a, a mindset ideology which can benefit other people. So you don't have to walk up a mountain every day, but I can take you on maybe a two-day course or or even uh, books that I can sell and people can use that to actively uh, use in their life. Because, you know, the one thing I'm always cognizant of as well is uh, – I don't like the word motivational speakers because most of the time when you go and listen to them, it's great for the time that you're there, but you walk out of there going, I'm not going to go and swim across the ocean. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to walk up the mountain every day. It doesn't really translate into how am I going to benefit from this. So I'm every day thinking of uh, how can I take what I'm learning to give it to anybody off the street and say, right, here are some easily, uh, easily identifiable principles that you can use on your daily basis that you can practice. You've me been mentioning books. Um, is there a book in this? I think there is. I actually think there's three. Actually, I think there's four. I had an idea to do like a, almost like a Dr. Zeus children's book this week, which I need to find, uh, I even got like the first three lines while I was lying in bed and sleep. So, 
but it's a, it will be a book for kids to read about a real story to help them to believe in their abilities and their dreams. Um, so that's definitely one that I got this week. One will be a picture book because I mean, what yeah. I've, what I've been blessed to see through the changing weather now in winter, the winter light is, is just incredible. In fact, most people that have come up with in the last month have all commented on how amazing the light is. I, mm. mean, I think it must be a photographer's dream. Um, and I've, I've managed to see things like what I call the smile, the smiling cyclops at the top of Plato Club Gorge as you come over the top. Mm, mm. Just before you go up to the last little section of Table Mountain, there's this little like gorge which creates a smiley face and the sun was setting in June right between that. So on a clear day, the sun looked like the eye and the trail across the ocean looked like the nose with the smiley face. So it looked like a, the happiest cyclops <laughs> ever. So, you know, these are little things that I want to try and do like a, like a coffee book to, uh, thing and, mm. and again show people because I really do believe that business needs to do more in terms of giving back. So everything that I do for the rest of my life, every, uh, everything will have a percentage which goes back. Maybe not to these charities forever, but to ones that I definitely know are making a positive impact for, for our future generations. Cause I don't think we're thinking enough 50 years down the line. What is, what are those kids? Uh, what's the future looking like for them? Mm. In terms of books, cause I'm now having ideas. You know that book, The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari? Ooh. Have you, have you read that book? The Cape Tonian Who Grew His Beard. Something like that. <laughs> I mean, Actually, that doesn't mean anything because there's a bunch of, bunch of hipsters who've <laughs> been doing that for years. Street so, and that, that's yeah. what they've been doing for the last 15 yeah, years. No, that won't work. Uh, but so, have you read? Do you know what book I'm talking about? I haven't read it, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Inspirational. I need to go and read that and then have a look. Also, I need, you gave me your book, so I'm looking forward to reading that. Thanks. <laughs> she said, moving on. Uh, before we let you go, gosh, we've fast run out of time. So basically, the deal is, is that you are doing this for a number of charities. Just briefly explain which charities those are. You're also going to be at 1001 Essay Stories at the Book Lounge later. What time does that start? 5.30 or 6? Uh, six o'clock. Six o'clock. Six o'clock okay. Yeah. So if you want to meet the man in person, if you want to view the beard for yourself, um, then, <laughs> then, get, then get down there. It's, <laughs> They might want to. And there's another great speaker as well, Blake Dyson, who uh, runs Love Our Trails. He's also a fascinating oh, okay. human being for people. Oh, Blake, yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Him. Yeah, I have. Yeah. Good guy. Absolutely. Who are you doing this for? So the three are Habitat for Humanity, and they uh, don't just build homes with government, but they also work at uh, just improving current shack conditions, so making them safer, warmer, drier. Then One Heart is an organization dedicated to working with under-resourced schools and giving them, specifically teachers, reading material to help teach children to read. And the third one is the Sunflower Fund to help build a database for leukemia. How much have you raised so far? Do you know? We're sitting on 243,000 rand so far. What? Yeah. yeah. Nice. How yeah. do people donate? Um, I've simplified this nicely. You can just go to 365climbs.com dot com and everything is there it's on a it's on a backer buddy page and so it's all transparent uh, everyone can see how much has been donated it's all audited so if people want to see your beautiful photos and follow you on instagram <laughs> it's uh well the, i called the ch- uh the challenge 365 ubuntu climbs uh ubuntu was just the perfect word for this i love it um and even every day when i explain it to tourists i had two americans today even they can get it uh, so, 
<laughs> that wasn't meant to be a, a backhanded uh, compliment. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so 365 Ubuntu Climbs on Instagram and on Facebook. And if you go onto the Instagram page, you will be able to look at what uh, what uh, Andrew describes himself as what he's termed the Patterson Lure, which is some <laughs> some lovely pictures up close and personal with some dussies. I must actually show you the one I got today. He he was like uh, Mission Impossible Dussy. Amazing. He jumped behind the wall and the dustbin, and I was like, where the hell did he go? And when I looked, he was literally midway between uh, suspended but against the dustbin and the wall, just like looking at me. And then, so, yeah, uh, they are, uh, their all eating habits are changing up there. Are they? Yeah. Are you learning a lot about? Yeah, nature's teaching nature. a lot. Nature. Yeah, nature's teaching me a lot how to, you know, let go of what we perceive as bad. Uh, mm, there's been four fires mm, on the mm. mountain, and it's been amazing to see how quickly that mountain recovers. Jeez, like in, I think, three weeks, there was really green spots coming through uh, the fire that happened on Plutterclip Gorge. Mm. Also, how that nature doesn't have any excuses. There'll be a, a beautiful flower growing out of a cliff face. Mm. I'm like, if we were human beings, we'd be like, you know, but how am I going to get water? Uh, am I going to get enough sunshine? Mm. Is, there, is there other plants that I have to compete with? Where's the nutrients going to come from? These things just, life just finds a way. We overcomplicate things so much. Um, and I'm also learning that, like, you know, if we really wanted to fix stuff, we have every bit of Ample, power to do yeah. that. What's the quickest time you've done it in, by the way? Uh, just up or the whole loop or just Plutterclip Gorge? Just Plutterclip Gorge. 43 minutes. <laughs> it's not actually that. Impressive. I mean, it's a consistent pace. No, no, it's, it's seriously. Oh, look, I've got long legs. I'm six foot four. Yeah, this should have been pointed out at the start of the interview. <laughs> he has got a whole foot on me. Yeah, I'm the worst person to follow on a hike. Yeah. Because uh, everybody sees me taking one step at a time and people are like, what? No. So, uh, yeah, uh, if you do come on a hike with me, rather put me behind you. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's always lovely to chat to you. Um, I think you're doing a super job. Thank uh, you. Yeah, keep it, keep going, keep going.